Hello and welcome to another episode of The Kosh Cast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Roche is here. Hello, everyone. Hello, Mohanad is here. Hello. And Bernie is here. Hi. <laughs> Bernie, <laughs> you sound dejected and your team hasn't even played today. I'm tired, man. Sick and tired and sick and tired and tired and sick. Uh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Uh, you do have what a, are you uh, sick with? Oh, Grief. Dodgy question these days. What's that? What are you sick with? Uh, oh, P- PJ's a bit sick and I got his cold. Yeah, that that is an occupational hazard. Is uh, is Emmy Martinez taunting you because you're sick? <laughs> I, I feel as if he is. <laughs> I think I think that little that little jig that Emmy Martinez did is going to live long in the memory of Manchester United fans. Um, but you know what? We're, we won't we won't dive straight into Manchester United's woes. We'll start with Manchester City's woes. That that should provide you with a little bit of relief to begin with. PSG 2, Manchester City 0 in the uh, Gulf Coast derby. The um, oil... Class oil? oil co. What you talking about oil, bitch? You cooking? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, has anyone called it the Al Classico yet? Yeah. That's good. Just because of all the, you know, the Arab last names, Al Classico. Has anyone done that yet? No, I don't, mm, I don't think so. Yeah. Speaking of which... Tweet it. Um, did you see the video of the PSG owner in the changing room um, celebrating with the players? No. Awkward no. as fuck. He's walking around, giving them little like handshakes and hugs, and none of them actually stand up to greet him. So he ends up hugging their heads. <laughs> wow. It's very like strange. this. This uh, state-sponsored football derby. <laughs> a sports washing derby really, really was important to him, huh? Very much so. Which Very head? Much so. Which head are we talking? All of their heads. The family show, Rache. It's a family show. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, PSG two City nil. Um, this is one of those rare like City Champions League losses where I don't think that Pep did anything wrong in particular didn't overthink it pretty much played his best team there was a defensive midfielder there even though it was Rodri so he didn't do that much defending um PSG were just better on the night no well there were well the thing he's done and it's not just this game is one he doesn't have a striker um the only striker he has relatively in Jesus he plays on the wing in the Premier League and then doesn't play in the Champions League um and they were fine City were okay they had possession they played well um, they were unlucky. They hit the post a couple of times. But overall, if you're not going to beat this PSG side, and I say that because they're not clicking just yet, they're actually PSG did not play that well. I think, you know, they defended okay, but again, City had a lot of chances. The midfield, you know, you should not lose to a, a Ghana, Gay, Herrera, and Verratti was ex- excellent, but at least the other two, you know, you should be dominating sorry, that sorry. game. Sorry, Mo, what was that? Yes, I know my Verratti agenda. He was, pheno- like, I'll say it because he deserves it. He was absolutely phenomenal this game, like more than phenomenal. Um, press resistant is the word making the rounds, but it's just relevant. Um, he was incredible. But again, their defense is not that strong, etc. Like, City should be winning these games if they're serious about the Champions League. On the other end, PSG did not click at all in attack, not even a little bit, and they scored two goals. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't know if it says more about City or PSG need to start, kind of get into it a little bit more because the only move that clicked was that Messi goal. That's literally the only move I think that really clicked well for them all game. Um, and it was a brilliant goal. So They, they are just... Yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, sorry, I was just going to add to what Mo said over there for color. The, um, you know, the game was so open in the second half. It was end-to-end. It was really exciting. It was the opposite of what a league game is. So questions will remain for how how, how PSG are gelling with each other in the league this season. I don't think they're going to have a problem in the French league, but um, just given the nature of the open game in the Champions League, I thought it suited PSG. I thought the front three, obviously, M&M, everyone wants to see them. So um, a good result overall for them today, but, but let's see if they can do it for the rest of the competition. 
Eminem. I, I, that, I, that completely escaped me, and <laughs> I, I, I like the reference. Um, I, I didn't. I, I only saw the stats, and it looked on paper to support what Mon had said that City had all the ball and most more shots. I don't know if um, who was the key? Was it Donnarumma mm-hmm. in goal in this game? Was he wanted? Was he? Did he have a lot of work to do? Because it seemed like City had a lot more shots. He had to be. Was he challenged? He had to be alert. There was a couple of kind of last, you know, a couple of Ederson moments that he had to deal with, which he dealt with well. So he was alert. Um, He kind of had to sweep a little bit when City went long. He had a couple of decent saves. One, uh, you know, the thing that stood out a little bit is that he catches the ball when he can, and it kind of avoided a lot of rebounds that City, you know, usually like to have when, you know, when De Bruyne takes that shot, you you kind of see the people running through the lines for the rebound. So he did catch a couple. Again, um, you know, did what he had to do. Nothing crazy. Um, distribution was uh, all right. I mean, it could be better. Um, but just going back to that Eminem thing, I <laughs> I don't know. I just, the minute Rache said that and you referenced Eminem, I like the idea that it's between those front three, the white boy is the best. And it kind <laughs> of, it's it's apt. You know, <laughs> that is funny. Um, yeah. it, it's interesting though about them not clicking because uh, did you see that there was a video in the week of Mbappe? I think was it in training, um, and he was like cursing out uh, Neymar for not passing to him. And I'm assuming that kind of shit happens like almost every week. But they were just it was just kind of moments. It was just Mbappe does a thing and creates a, a dangerous situation. Um, Hakimi does a, a little shimmy and creates a dangerous situation. You're right in that there wasn't necessarily a pattern of play from them. But when you have guys that good, you give them enough space and enough chances and some of it's going to come off. Yeah, but they were all trying too hard, like individually. You could see that. Like Messi's still nowhere near Messi levels. Forget the goal, forget whatever. Like little bobbles on his first touch, you know. And this is kind of... Uh, judging him on Messi levels, right? The bubble in his touches, the kind of the misplaced passes, etc. But then you also have Mbappe who's trying to run through three people at once. You have Neymar who's doing rainbow flicks like 12 minutes <laughs> into the game against Man City. It all just felt too individualistic a lot of the time. I don't know how you avoid that with these guys, though. Well, you tell them we're trying to win the Champions League. Uh, but I thought you just don't tell them anything, Wanted. Like, no no instructions. Don't tell Messi what to do. Literally just tell them to go out there because he's Messi and go do your thing. I thought that was yeah. how this worked. Messi's the only one that you can say that about, and that's what he did. He, you see the goal he scored. I mean, Mbappe is not good enough to just go out there and do your thing. Neymar, hmm, maybe more than Mbappe, but mm. Messi's the one that just, like, he pulled it out of the bag at the end of the day, and he made it happen. So there you go. I, I want us to remember what Mohamed just said about Neymar because at, at some point he's going to do something and Mohan is going to be like, oh, my God, you do not limit that kind of individual talent. Oh, my God. And we will bring this up at 8.32 p.m. on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> what day is it today? 28. September 28. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think that that's all we have to say about this game, right? Like a 2-0 win, Pochettino counterattack game. Um I, Imagine I think, the most interesting thing is in a match day is not Messi but Sharif or Sheriffs or whatever. Can, can I, I think just... that um, an interesting point. Sorry, Alex. Uh, just was going to talk about Man City a little bit. I think that the end-to-end nature of this game actually, I thought that City, if they had a striker, maybe if they did better in the transfer window, they could have had better chances to score because on the balance of play, it was just you know it was like a basketball game. And, um, you know, 2-0 reflects maybe uh, overperformance for PSG and an underperformance for Man City. Let's not forget that they just went to Chelsea and they took a 1-0 win. Um, so that's all I'm going to say. I think City uh, hard done by the by the loss and not scoring, at least. I think that's fair. And I think they were really good against Chelsea on the weekend. Um, and, you know, dominated large spells of this game. So I think Bernie's been calling for a Man City uh, epic run. For a long time this season, I think we might we might be on the precipice of that. What I will say though is that, and look, Rodri played on the weekend, and Rodri played again today. Watch the Messi goal back. I beg you, just watch the Messi goal back. Look at what Rodri is doing, and 
ask yourself if Manchester City should not have someone there that can do more about it. Because he's just not bothered. Or or either he's not bothered or he can't or he just can't do the job. Like it's it's depressing. Uh, Alex's Rodri agenda is growing by the week, eh? Like I, I didn't think this was going to be a thing because you know Rodri's a he's an okay player. I didn't think it was going to get this bad with Alex. He's he's was fine. It... it just that's not good enough. Was it Rodri who who was the guy that Messi lost? Which is not like you know shameful by any means, but there was a central defender who was ahead of him, and then the ball came to Mbappe. He played it back, and then that guy completely lost Messi. Who was that? I can't put my finger on it because whoever that person is well, was disgusting i don't care who who messy is the way that he lost him was was a shamble it's also just like the 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 thing with messi's finish is that he scores so many goals from a distance that you don't remember as them being a distance because he just places them like when ronaldo scores a goal from a distance you know it their thighs come out and you know you know what's happening <laughs> with messi it's like oh i'm just gonna curl this into the corner from just outside the box and it's gonna feel like i'm at the six yard line it's crazy how many of those he has where he just has to place them into the corner and it was a brilliant brilliant finish great work by mbappe for the first time they actually connected him and mbappe haven't really been on the same page neymar you can tell wants to pass the Messi just because he's his friend and he likes to play with him mbappe's still kind of trying to prove something i don't know what that is because it doesn't make any sense, but he just needs to get with it, and then they'll start playing much better. I think it, this is a little bit more on Mbappe than, than the other two. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, all right, Bernie, you want to move on to Sheriff? Because there's a lot to say about this. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I absolutely. Because, <laughs> again, this is one of those on Twitter where someone literally told me, it's one when I'm like, one, one. That was bad enough to me. Like sheriff, I don't know. Is it called FC Sheriff? Is there anything else to this? Mm-hmm. It's just like they're from Moldova, first off, which was a second shock. So the learning they were one-one in this game was a shock to me. And then learning they're from Moldova was a shock. And one of the goal scorers is apparently on loan from the sixth best team in Luxembourg. Mate. <laughs> I mean, that is phenomenal. Yeah, I actually. So I had to look them up because I didn't know where they were from either. And it turns out that, yes, they're Moldovan, but also they're stateless because they don't want anything to do with Moldova. And they've had a referendum and agreed to join Russia at some point, it, which is a dodgy <laughs> decision. Isn't the, uh, isn't, the sixth team, isn't the sixth team in Luxembourg the team that's getting relegated? <laughs> there isn't the funny space thing for is, more teams. They all play... It, Within like two yards of each other. <laughs> Every game <laughs> is a home game. <laughs> Every game is a home game. <laughs> but man, you you look at the the sheriff team, and actually we had um the message from uh the Trifactor Pod Boys at Trifactor Pod on Twitter. Um, it's a Trinidadian soccer podcast, and they wanted to give a shout out to Keston Julian, who's a Trinidadian player who plays for. The sheriff and you look at the sheriff team and there it's a weird collection of players man apparently the average salary in moldova is like 200 euros uh, a week so i don't know or is it a week maybe it's a month anyway i don't know how they're doing this like how they're attracting players but they've got someone called cristiano someone called adama Traore, and, <laughs> and someone called costanza who is both a seinfeld character and like one of the revolution soccer <laughs> mini league play, masterpiece players <laughs> Are you sure this is not? I was gonna say, sure this is not FIFA Ultimate Team that we're talking about. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, That's good. Yeah, but hey, they won. So can can they get some props other than us making fun of them? They just beat Real Madrid. Absolutely. Put That's another star on their shirt. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, am I allowed to repeat that Real Madrid should have just shot the sheriff instead of playing the game? Yeah. Always. Alex, were you actually proud of me or were you just saying that for Twitter? Of course I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you, man. All I can think <laughs> about, every time, every time I hear Sheriff, all I think about is Buzz Lightyear and Toy Story and Woody. That's all I can think of. Mm, good shout. Yeah. Does Sharif don't like it? Rock the Casbah. <laughs> they did go to Infinity and Beyond with this win. Yeah. Mm. Oh, can I, can I slag off Angelotti for a second? Sure. Please. Um, so... They they equalize right one one it's a it's a very dubious penalty they get it they score it and then he brings on like Cruz and you're like all right fair enough they're going for it now Modric shit all right they 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 mean business Jovic 
What are you doing? Maybe maybe Did the trick was to bring level? someone of their level so that they can, play, you know, because like maybe the other guys were just, you know what I'm also thinking? I'm just, I have this image of Rafa Benitez going up to Hamas and going, this is the guy you wanted to play for? <laughs> it's like, have, are you looking at this score? Just shoving live scores into his face. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I love it. I mean, Real Madrid haven't been as bad as we thought they might be this season, but but this is this is glorious stuff. Um, Roche. Yeah, I think that um, Real Madrid's loss is amazing from the perspective of a Manchester United supporter because it's not it's not us being the only embarrassment on the continent or at home. And um, I'm happy that. Um, Real Madrid and Eden Hazard in particular have taken some limelight away from uh, the recent woes of, of United. And I'm interested to see uh, Mohamed's thoughts actually on Eden Hazard uh, because he's been rather quiet about him, even though Real Madrid are uh, an embarrassment today. It's because it's because he's irrelevant now, and that's really that's the biggest that's the biggest thing you can say about him. No one is talking about him because well, he's turned into a nobody. So there we go. I, I guess these are prime conditions then for when uh, Hazard starts to turn the ship around. You know, as soon as people stop looking. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he does have first. a he does have a turning radius of a ship. <laughs> Too <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah, you okay. cannot you cannot put uh, ship and Hazard in the same sentence and not expect me to go there. Like, there was okay. a moment when Nacho had the ball in the build up and he and Hazard ate him. <laughs> <laughs> He passed to Hazard instead of shooting, and the commentator was like, Nacho had a big target there. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, he did. I, f- I feel like the problem with Hazard is that I know we believe this, but I, f- I feel like I don't know if we're in the minority, but we feel like of all the elite quote unquote players that you know how people go, oh my God, the best of the last 10 years or whatever. Mm. I think we think of those people, he's a fraud. Like, I'm trying to phrase this specifically of of that apparent elite group. He feels fraudulent to me, and I don't know if if it's just me or or everyone else shares this opinion. But I'm enjoying his failure at Real Madrid because I've like <laughs> I see him as a fraud in that sense. I think that Bernie is absolutely right to bring that up, but it's so hard to make that that opinion because. This, when he was in the Premier League, he was almost untouchable and unplayable at times. He's played, he's won so many trophies for <laughs> for Chelsea, but as soon as he went to Real Madrid, he became a fraud. So he's one of those like. He's also just not. Madrid, he doesn't have the drive. He just doesn't have the. I'm gonna be the best drive. Like he even said it himself. Like he just doesn't have it. So you know, if you don't have that in today's game, it's just you're not gonna be a great. I don't care. You know, this is not. You're not Ronaldinho where you can just do this for three seasons and be a legend. Like you're not that guy. So he needed a bit more consistency, and he just you know, he doesn't have it. Yeah, I, I, that, that's what I was gonna say. Is like if he. De- I, I, I think it's harsh calling him a fraud because like he's not putting himself into the competition. You know what I mean? He he doesn't care and he's made that very clear. Also, Real Madrid bought him after at twenty nine with like hacked out ankles and an eating problem. So I you know, what do you expect, really? Financial fair play. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh all right, let's talk about Liverpool for a minute. They absolutely slaughtered Porto five one. Um Porto were horrendous, and if you haven't seen the highlights, I very much <laughs> encourage you to watch Liverpool's fourth goal, where, look, Porto's goalkeeper is called Diogo Costa, right? So, like, n- very nearly the namesake to the lunatic Brazilian, and it was a, it was an absolute moment of, of madness. He runs out halfway up the pitch. Mohamed, you and I have been speaking for years about goalkeepers just putting themselves in stupid positions for no reason. He runs out half the pitch, Yota slots it past him, and then he has to sprint back and try and save it. I'm it's just I'm, one of the most hilarious pieces of goalkeeping I've ever seen. I'm just tired of keepers turning very difficult chances into very easy open nets. It just doesn't make any... They want to be involved. Like, you're yep. a keeper for a reason. Do not get involved, mate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, it didn't... Um, yeah, Rache, I one sec. Didn't you... Didn't Salah just break, like, uh, something... 100 goals. 100... No, but... Also, he broke like the highest Champions League score at Anfield or something crazy like that. Well, they, they weren't in the Champions League for a long years. time. Yeah. But 
Doesn't matter. Yes. yes. I was I was just gonna point out that Liverpool have battered Porto recently five nil away. So five one is actually an improvement on Porto's part. Um, <laughs> happy stomping ground for Liverpool. That is a good point, Richard. I mean, we are sometimes way too harsh. We should be looking at this as an improvement from Porto's perspective. <laughs> I like it. Liverpool, though, uh, quick question. Liverpool didn't rotate the team at all apart from the weekend, apart from Milner came in for Trent. And, like, it obviously that made no difference and Milner got an assist and they were brilliant. But can, can he do this? Can he go through the whole season just keeping the, the eleven the same? He's done I'm not it sure. And it, it's cool yeah, but I'm not him. sure why. Like, I mean, I know the problem is injuries are starting to ramp up. Like Trent is injured, <laughs> Elliot is now injured. Like he is starting to lose a couple of players up front. You know, he only has what Origi and Firmino as subs. There, you know, Origi is Origi. He doesn't have Firmino. Firmino's nothing. He came on and scored a goal, man. I don't, it's Porto, I don't care. Yeah, so I don't think he actually has the squad depth to even rotate that much. Like, I know we have Simicast now, etc., but he has, what's his name, Konate, is it? Um, yeah, Minamino. I guess he could a little bit, but it, it is a Champions League game. It is um, kind of, it is important. Like, you want to win your first three or four games and then cruise the last couple in the group, right? So I, I can see why he would start a, a strong team. It, it makes yeah. sense. It makes sense. He's, but they're going in the Premier League hard as hard as hell mm-hmm. right now. Which, again, with that squad depth and not adding much to it, I'm a little bit nervous. But then again, I'm not buying that Trent is injured. I think he's just ashamed of his performance against Brentford. Wow, that was a shambles and a half uh, that I think he's mentally recovering from. Brent, Brentford. I have right. to get my agenda in. It's not even an agenda. Brentford targeted Trent hard and it worked really, <laughs> really well. Like Brentford were brilliant, but they knew exactly what they were doing. Trentford. <laughs> oh. I could see it in Mohana's face. The listeners can't, but you can see the little smirk. It's that like actually I'm not gonna make that comparison. Actually I'll do it just to make you happy because I I haven't seen you in a while. That Henri smirk when like something magical is about to happen. That's what Ar- Arsene Wenger. <laughs> You picked Arsenal over Henry. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, you can have it. <laughs> Quick shout out to Curtis Jones, though, who is brilliant both on the weekend and and today. He's a great player. He's very, very good. Um, RB Leipzig lost to Bruges. Uh, Atletico beat AC Milan after Frank Kessie got a very early red card. That was stupid. Um, Roche, you were talking about uh, a United perspective and not being an embarrassment. You've got Villarreal tomorrow at home. What do you reckon? Um, well, I don't really know uh, what you mean by that. It's a loaded question for sure. Um, it's not. I think what that... do you think will happen? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, in that case, well, I, I, I do think that um, this is the time that United are probably the most dangerous because they've lost three of their last four games and uh, there's a lot of pressure. So something's got to give. And I think that that something is actually going to be an attack. They're going to they're going to figure something out. Um, if you watched the final between these two teams earlier in May, you would have noticed that um, Villarreal did a lot of defending, and United did not have as much creativity in attack. Now with Ronaldo playing, theoretically, you know the Champions League is his thing. This should be a great opportunity for him to unlock the Villarreal defense. He probably knows them quite well. So it'd be interesting to see if, if uh, early goal goes in. Uh, United might might score a couple more. But uh, yeah, I think that the, you know, losing three out of the last four, now is the time to react. So that's that's kind of how I feel about it. I don't know if I'm being biased, but that's it. Can I give the counterpoint to that? So in support of your argument, whenever Ole's supposed to be fired, he goes and wins 10 games in a row. Mm-hmm. So you never know what could happen. But to counter that point, the last five games, these two, if I, every game these teams have played has ended in a draw. Every, <laughs> and I'm not going against history, fam. Like, I'm not going against football heritage <laughs> at all. I, I think this is going to be a 1-1 with an improved performance, but I think it will still be a 1-1. With Tellez probably playing and Lindelof playing. Dallo. Uh, oh, Dallo playing. Yeah, I, 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 I can see a 1-1 in this. For sure. Um, Solskjaer, much to my my great pleasure, Solskjaer seems to have lost his mind a little bit lately. 
there was the whole uh, blaming Klopp for not getting penalties, then you get a penalty, and then he's blaming Villa players for surrounding the referee, which is like a classic Man United trait. Um, how long until he goes completely bonkers? Well, until he finds the ring. <laughs> <laughs> My precious. <laughs> Is the question from Alex how long until Ole goes bonkers or how long until one of us goes bonkers or someone else or the team? Ole. Ole. We're a lost cause, man. Um, I don't, well, again, I that's such a difficult question to answer because, like, I mean, if he's not bonkers by now, then I don't think he's ever going to be bonkers. He's, I think you, you know, have to be a little bonkers to, to, to manage United anyways. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think, I think he needs to go bonkers though. I think Pep is I mean, forget like, you know, these guys have won so much, but like Jurgen Klopp is an idiot. Like we know this, and Pep is insane. <laughs> I, you need to kind of be a bit crazy. Okay. In some sense. I've got it, something. I've got say. it from really good sources actually that he is gonna go bonkers and just before the game he's actually gonna park in Sir Alex Ferguson's spot. <laughs> so I mean, beware. What's coming? <laughs> Fair. All right, this is, this is a good time to pose a question that we got on Twitter from um, at Don Yaya, who says, and we'll, we'll get to the North London derby, obviously, but he says, Mikel Arteta's joyful abandon on the touchline during the North London derby got me thinking, who are the top three pump up the supporters with my passion on the touchline Premier League managers, and who are the bottom three? Do you want to hear his first, or do you want to hear his afterwards? Yeah, tell us his. All right, top three, Klopp, Tuchel, and Arteta. He admits recency bias there. Bottom three, Bruce, Nuno, and Potter. Klopp is top three. 100%. Klopp you know, I, I actually felt I actually felt that Alex was going to say Ole was in his bottom three. Ole is my bottom three. Ole likes a run, a run to the pitch to hug players kind of thing. He's in, he's in the middle of that pack. <laughs> Klopp is definitely 100%, 100% number one. Like, yeah. This guy told his team to go applaud the crowd after a draw. Nah, Klopp is 100% number one. And then Mr. Twice Twice uh, Pep is, <laughs> is, in my mind, a close second. I mean, Pep is literally <laughs> inviting them to the stadium. So, you know. <laughs> um, but I, I was going to say Conte is probably in my top three. But do you say ever or like now? Uh, it doesn't specify, but I, yeah, well, I'm Brittany, if we know if, whoever. if we know anything from last week, Alex does not answer the question as it's been asked. So <laughs> this is true. You know, I, I would actually say here's here's a bit of a left whatever thing option. Um, what's his name? Dean Smith. Yeah, I think he's up there. I think he really gets him going over there at Villa. I think um, he's up there this season. I think this season I've also noticed Thomas Frank. Yes. He's Brentford. Man. Yeah, he's he, he's he's my third. After what he did with you guys, yeah, he's he's been third. doing it every every game. You know, I mean, they also had the Crystal Palace one one last minute um, equal, uh, equalizer, etc. And obviously that set him off. So, yeah, no, I think I think he's definitely up there too. <laughs> bottom three, Bielsa is definitely at the bottom. He just sits there. <laughs> but he he does I, have touchline is... passion though. Bielsa with with the with the what's that thing the called bucket. the stool or the, yeah. <laughs> the fridge what's that thing called <laughs> the cooler sorry Roche I was gonna say that Avram Grant is dead last for me wow and um, <laughs> I think he's horrible he's like a mortuary like he's like the guy in the morgue um, he does look dead but yeah. um, surprisingly I I know Tim Sherwood didn't last too long but Tim Sherwood would be up there for like passion yeah and. Um, I, I think that uh, I, I, I'm struggling to think of his name right now, so come back to me afterwards. But that's those are my two for now. All right, fair enough. I think if it's historical, Jose has got to be top top three. Young Jose, if it's historical, huh? Young Jose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young Jose. I mean, remember Porto? Yeah. Like Young Jose, Inter. Man, that that guy was on the pitch. <laughs> like, yeah. And I still think in the last five years, one of the, the top three greatest manager moments was Jose at Tottenham chilling on the bench <laughs> and then seeing that there wasn't a yellow card or whatever and then storming up yeah. to the fourth official. It was hilarious. He went 
full pelt. It was like, unbelievable. One of the best gifts ever. Actually, to to his credit, and it, you know how how much it pains me to give him any credit whatsoever. He he did the one thing. One thing he's done at Roma is remember. So we went to Roma game. Remember the song that they play before the game, mm-hmm. the Roma mm-hmm. anthem or whatever. He's moved the timing of it so that now it gets played when the players are on the pitch. So it kind of brings the players and the fans together to sing it at the same time, which is a very clever mm. clever move. Um, so that that's a bit of passion merchant merchanting for you but my bottom yeah. three would be sven um mm. arsen who would not you know roar to the fans to save his life um and hodgson who just wouldn't have had the energy <laughs> uh R- rafa's got to be there i'm sorry oh yeah yeah i've never care. seen rafa celebrate anything <laughs> And also Ancelotti. I don't think I saw Ancelotti celebrate a damn thing in the Premier League. Yeah, no. He just light up a cigarette. Wait. <laughs> I mean, do you remember? I think it was Roche who was like absolutely dead during the Everton Spurs. I think it was a League Cup game where they won like four three in like was it last kick of extra time or something? And he just sipped his freaking espresso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's there's been a few of those moments, like unbelievable. He's just stoic, completely stoic. Yeah, he's uh he's a funny bloke. Speaking of, of uh, weird managers, so we know that Tuchel's a bit odd. Um, so Kante got COVID, and Tuchel was asked about his stance on vaccinations, and he said like, "I'm vaccinated, but it's a choice, and it's not my place to tell the players to get vaccinated." Um curious as to where you he didn't divulge whether Kante him had been vaccinated obviously he could have caught COVID and been vaccinated anyway that's totally normal but um curious as to your stance or stances on on whether managers should should encourage their players a bunch of them have said this now where well they've said we're trying to get them to that hmm. I've, I've seen managers say that without going I know Ole said that without going as far as to say that they should, that they're trying to convince them to do it. And Tuchel went a bit beyond, like, not beyond, but, like, behind that. Um, I mean, end of the day, they have to present the information to the players. I think there should be some, some type of seminar because, you know, I don't think players are the smartest of people. <laughs> like, I think we know this. They should have an education session to explain what it is. If they don't, want to do it after that after you put in all that work then i don't think they should play to me it's just that simple i don't, I don't think you should, they should be playing at, at that point agreed for me personally i think that they should be forced to take the vaccine whether they like it or not um or have their contracts torn out and they face deportation to countries that actually don't have it and are doing really badly right now so they can then you know face the prospect wow. of getting it which would scare them into voluntarily getting the vaccine in that case. It would just be a lot we more should, efficient and better. We should add that Roche has a dictator complex mm. and uh, only evidenced by the fact that he has he's procuring a German shepherd dog <laughs> so that he can scare the hell out of anyone who disrupts his peace. Yep, <laughs> this is true. What about points deductions? So for every player that isn't vaccinated in your squad, you lose a point. No, not for me. Why not? I just think the player should not be allowed to play. Well, I agree with that too. Can we do both? No, it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but, um, you, there, there are plenty of opportunities to do it surreptitiously, though, if you were going to force them. Like, they're on the physio table, you know, they're having a massage. Jab them, you know. <laughs> it's a pain injection, pain relieving injection. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. I mean, football clubs have been pumping footballers full of stuff that, you know, they, they and they have no idea what it is for years. So why not? I know. And and there's footballers like freaking Paolo Dybala, who got COVID like five times. He got it like five times or something, <laughs> didn't he? Like, I think get the fucking yeah. vaccine. Like, just get I mean, it. If you can go to the Himalayan mountains or whatever. To go get horse placenta treatment. <laughs> Did someone go to the mountains to go get freaking horse placenta? We're, we're not like, doing this again, but we do this like three <laughs> times a year. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
Maybe because it's in the name where you know it's horse placenta and they're like comfortable. I know what this is. I don't know. But <laughs> you don't know what that treatment's about. So I'm saying. It's true. Uh, all right. Last game of the Champions League, Juventus against Chelsea. Any any thoughts here? I'm pretty sure both Morata and Dybala are out of this one. So I don't know who's going to be. I guess Chiesa, Kulusevski. Chelsea should handle Moise this pretty Moise easily. Ken. Moise Ken, yeah. Um, good point. But I think Chelsea will handle them pretty easily, no? Very. Chelsea, 2-0 for me, yeah. Fair. Speaking of Juventus, um, I was looking at some, some transfer rumours earlier, and uh, West Ham are being linked with Weston McKenney, uh, which I approve of, if only because they've both got West in their names, so very appropriate. I think he's a better player than West Ham, to be honest. But West Ham, that's fifth you know. best team in the Premier League, West Ham, you're talking about. Uh, still, he's better than West Ham. Like, he could go to... Uh, yeah, he could go to Man United. He's better than West Ham. <laughs> you're just like, uh, is he better than Fred? Yes. Yeah. Can he play six? Probably. Yeah, yeah. sure, why not? <laughs> Let's do it. Why not? Uh, also, the Glazers would be happy because he's American. I mean, if they care at all. Maybe not. Probably not. All right. Uh, Want to hear some other rumors? Uh, sure. Um, good thing you said yes. Uh, Tielem- I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> Tielemans, uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid. What, Tielemans? Um, who is, no chance. I think he's running down his contract, though. So, a little bit of a chance? No chance. Okay. Like, no, they're not going to go and sign Pogba and Tillemans. Like, that's just... Who's signing? PSG <laughs> are signing Pogba. Oh, so there's a race for Pogba. Okay, cool. I think so. Um, I think I think he's smarter if he goes and does the Real Madrid with Mbappe thing. Go form a French revolution over there. Mbappe, Camavinga, and, and Tielemans. I mean, Tielemans is Belgian, but still. Just just play long to Mbappe to run. That's, that'll be the whole time. <laughs> Football <laughs> um, International uh, in Holland seem to have ignored the fact that Aaron Ramsdale is the best keeper in the world because uh, they say Arsenal have been handed a transfer boost with Ajax cutting off talks over a contract extension with Andre Onana, who apparently is going to Inter Milan. So I don't, I don't know what this has to do with Arsenal. But... Yeah, let's just use this to go into the North London derby since you want to talk about Ramsdale so much. All right, I, I mean, I've just been waiting for Mohamed to, to be back so that he can enjoy it. Or we can we can talk o- talk over it and then Mohana can miss the whole thing. That's that's okay with me too. Well, if he has to, he has to. Um, all right, you know what? Let, let's wait for Mohana to talk about anything else you want, Alex. The floor is. All right, well, I'll just finish these rumors then. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea and Liverpool are interested in Newcastle and France winger Alan Saint Maximum. I I don't believe that for a second. I'm sorry. No. Everton no. maybe. I'm... I could see Everton doing it. He's made for Newcastle. I'm sorry, and made for Steve Bruce only. <laughs> Uh, and you'll like this one, both of you. Um, Borussia Dortmund are considering signing Martian, Manchester United's French forward, Anthony Martial. I don't believe it, but uh, it would be very good. Yay! Take him, Actually, take him and go. You think Dortmund are that stupid? They've been linked for a year. That rumor's not gone away. It's not When the rumor persists that long, it's like this. We like Martial. We want, we want him to, to replace Holland. 50 million? Fuck off. <laughs> That's just how that conversation like went. I think Martial is going to be amazing in the Bundesliga. Are you kidding me? If Everyone he starts every week. Bundesliga. Exactly. That's the sad part. I think we would be amazing in the Bundesliga. If Mustafi could do it, then we could. Like, you're wow. a better centre-back than Zagadou. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. While we're waiting for Mo, I've got I've got another little little segment that we can do. So as I mentioned before, um, the Trifactor Pod wanted us to give a shout out to Keston Julian, the um, Trinidadian player playing for Sheriff, um, and that got me thinking like, wh- who are my favourite Trinidadian players um, from the Premier League or just like in general? Um, so I've got a couple noted down. Um, Bernie, did you think of any? Well, I mean, there's there's obviously. One of my favorite players of all time, um, Dwight York, who everyone who listens to this podcast will know I have, I had, his number 19 is, is was my football number, mm. like, growing up. I love that guy. Um, of course, Kenwin Jones is just interesting. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> so yes. I've always liked him. And uh, Shaka Hislop is a Premier League legend, no matter what we say. 
for being, I think, the first Caribbean player or at least Trinidadian player to come into the Premier League when he was very young, um, even though he wasn't very good. But Ooh. Um, yeah, Ooh. Those, those are the three that, that are in my head right now. Fair enough. Uh, I have, I personally have Stern John because yes. he was an FM legend in Championship Manager 99 2000 specifically. <laughs> he also played for literally every club in England, which is quite funny. I also love his name, Stern John. Oh, classic. Um, I will, I will add to that, and I, I did, I can't lie, I had to look up his name, but uh, Brent Sancho, who, do you remember when England played Trinidad? I think it was World Cup. 2006? 2006 yes nil nil trinidad are killing it like keeping england at bay and then uh crouch scores a header after he absolutely assaults uh one of the trinidadian defenders by like pulling his dreadlocks that guy was brent sancho <laughs> he just i've never seen anyone get fouled that badly and not get a free kick it was unreal interesting interesting i'm trying to see if there's if i know anyone of recent no, no, no. That's that's all I got. That's all I got. Fair enough. <clears throat> we we do have um Ryan Telfer playing for Atletico Ottawa, but that's um neither here nor there. Honestly the less said about him. <laughs> 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 Not a quality player. Anyway. Um all right, I think we're just gonna have to uh get into the North London derby. I think Mohamed's disappeared. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. Um I said at the start of the season that um, Arsenal put together a good young squad of exciting players and if Arteta couldn't get anything out of them, fine, a new manager will be able to, such as the the talent available. This was the first time we've really seen it. There have been a couple of of pretty bad 1-0 wins. Um, But what I wanted to caveat it with is how good were Arsenal and how disastrously bad were Spurs? Like, where where is the line? Roche, any thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to cover for Mohamed right here and just say that Arsenal started this game hot like a runaway train. Tottenham were asleep, and I don't know what their game plan was, but Arsenal, all they did was they were busier than Tottenham. They made them move around, and then when Tottenham got the ball and tried to do anything, they broke on the counter. My God, what a first half. Smith, Rowe unbelievable player that guy was involved in everything he was like the heartbeat of arsenal that front four odegaard smith smith rowe saka Aubameyang, absolutely lethal tottenham were complete garbage for the i think one of the goals you saw like harry kane trying to like defend and he's like falling over in the background as the guy finishes it's like you know i i honestly like and alex made the point on the thread that spurs never do well in this fixture no. And it's like, okay, well, like, I mean, come on, like, at least try a little bit. Like, 3 0 blown away in 30 minutes. Like, get out of here. It's complete nonsense. But Arsenal played amazing. Wow. I felt that if there's one game where Nuno has to do a Nuno, <laughs> it's this particular game because, like, Roche is right. They were like, Arsenal came out like a house on fire or runaway train. It was the actual uh, quote, quote there. Um, and, they're always going to be pumped up in this game to win. You're Tottenham, new manager. You've had two losses in a row. I think what you have to do is park the bus a little. And he did. He didn't. He didn't do that. Yet he didn't attack either. Like he didn't yeah. really have them do anything. <laughs> and Arsenal just came at them time and time again. I thought, are you going to do something now? Nope. Are you going to do something now? No, how about now? Like, it just, it was so weird because the only thing, this Arsenal team, sure, fine, the young players are fluid, it's great, but we've seen them literally, it's that thing that people get, you know, you get accused of, of not being able to break down a low block. We've seen it this season many, many times where there's not enough space, they can't do their thing. Just block them off. You have Hoiberg and you have a back four that's used to parking the bus. I don't understand why it was so difficult to do, but... It, it, it was a rampant performance in the end as a result. So it was, and and that's why I'm I'm, I'm struggling to kind of identify how good Arsenal were. Like as Roche said, like the the front four were excellent. Um, Tommy Asu looks looks really good. Gabriel and and Ben White, you know, dealt with Harry Kane very easily. Um, there was a very competent. What's Tommy Asu's main trait? Aerial duels. Okay, just check. What do you mean? You're making a, a fullback point. 
Yeah, the defender who can defend, right? Sure. And and you like that? It's fine. Just let the record show. That's all. All right. Well, you know, it's three 0 He doesn't need to go forward. He won't go forward anyway. You know this. I know this. I'm honored. Back just in time. Um, so that that's why it's a little bit hard to identify. Um, but it was it was like one of the weirdest tactical. The tactical is generous. There were no tactics. It, it was it was bizarre. Like there was no midfield. There was literally no midfield. Like Hoiberg was there. And then uh, Delhi and Ndombele were just like trying. I don't, they were pushed so far up, I guess, to try and win a second ball that never came. And then Oiberg was either out of position or just left alone to deal with all of Arsenal's midfield. It was it was so bizarre. Um, yeah, and sorry. Think, yeah, go on, man. I was gonna say sorry if you guys mentioned this, but I just came back. Um, if you're talking about that midfield issue, you saw in the first twenty minutes, Odegaard just completely running around in an empty midfield like it was just him and nobody around him. if you see the first i think it was the first goal how when jacka gave it to odegaard then odegaard just ran through a completely empty i don't know sorry if you've already said this but ran completely through an open midfield gave it to saka who crossed it to emil smith throw like i was surprised but then they also i think it was sky they highlighted hoiberg and dembele in that clip and they just weren't coming back fast enough with enough intensity to like stop that kind of thing. Like they were just jogging back lightly. And then by the time Saka got the ball, no one was there. So yeah, you're right about the whole like, and also, you know, when you have Partey playing against Hoiberg and Ndombele and Deli Ali, we're talking about, you know, completely different levels here of players. Wanted, I just, I just wanted to, you know, add, add to your point, which is interesting to me because we've seen Hoiberg most of the time, just simply at the base, the midfield, right? Shielding the defense. But we're, as we we kind of mentioned it, but you elaborate on this. Him and Ndombele were not. There was no one at the base of the midfield. It was as if they were unsure if they should support the attack or defend, and they ended up being absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what Arsenal did. If you know Smith Rowe, who likes to come in central, um, what's his name? Odegaard buzzes around. Saka is gonna do his thing, and then you have Aubameyang. Why wouldn't you have either a double pivot or a shield? Right. And when you have Hoiberg, who to me is, is when we talk about just pure shielding midfielders, is one of the best in this league. Let him just do his job. Just tell Hoiberg, go do the thing that you know how to do. But like, <laughs> that did not happen. It, it was so weird. I, like, it, to, to, your, to kind of try, try to make any sense of, of your point earlier, uh, Bernie, about like what the fuck is Nuno doing? It looked to me like, because you know there was that whole like Spurs DNA like attacking football shit in the summer from from the chairman, and then they hired Nuno anyway, who like doesn't play that football, and then it looks to me like he he's trying to play better football than he would naturally play, and so the lineups bizarre, the tactics are bizarre, and you're right, like had he just done what he does naturally, they'd have probably been a whole lot better off, but as it is, like. Big win for Arsenal. The both clubs are on nine points now, so the the race for the Europa Conference League is is well and truly on. Did you guys talk about how well Arsenal played, or we just talked about how shit Spurs were? No, we, we started off that way. Okay, I'm just making yeah. sure the Saka Smith throws all got like the love. Yep, Rache actually didn't. decided to speak for you and said exactly everything you would have said. Yep, thank and, you. I and, appreciate and Bern, that. Bernie has praised Tomiyasu's. Uh, defensive Ooh. solidity. Ramsdale got some some points. Ooh, not yet. No, not yeah. yet. We're, I mean, we left that for you. Oh well. Do, but... You know Ramsdale's my boy, so I'm I'm glad you guys. <laughs> I'm glad you guys left that for me at the end there. So for context, at the end of last season, with a couple of weeks going into the season, I called Ramsdale the worst keeper in the league. And to be fair, I mean he did he look won. it. He did look it. Um, but then he's come in. It's been a breath of fresh air. He's such a likable guy. It seems he's just kind of bought into the process. <laughs> the process. Here we go. Um, mm-hmm. So well, and just the the energy he has, how he interacts with the defenders, how after a save he kind of pumps them up, and as opposed to blames them. Like I like everything I see about him. After that saves, you know, that save he did where he looked like he hung in the air for 20 minutes, I was really impressed because at 3-2, it puts a blemish on the scoreline. It makes us, you know, very iffy in the last five minutes. You looked at the game against, I think it was Burnley, how he dominated his box against the big guys. I just think 
if he keeps doing this, this is going to be a shrewd signing, even at 30 million, especially when Leno leaves in January or the summer. So, you know, props to him, props to Tomiyasu. Um, Gabriel is an absolute beast of a center back. He's been since day one. Thomas Partey is a Rolls Royce of a midfielder. He walks into every single team in this league when he's playing the way he's playing. I thought he dominated this midfield. He was unbelievably good um, the other day. All right, let's. I'm, I'm just looking at. Sorry, yeah, I just Alex. Uh, I don't get to do this often, right? No, We're no, always enjoy, complaining about Arsenal. So enjoy. I'm just looking at the fixture list to see who Arsenal are going to lose to on the weekend. And it's, it's nobody. Brighton. It's, it's not. No, it's nobody. <laughs> Read them up. Read them up. We're going to beat everybody. What is it? Brighton, Watford. We're going to beat them all. Uh, we will see. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing about uh, Ramsdale, just before we go on, the gloves go up halfway up his arms. They're like they're like um, dishwashing gloves, or like oven mitts. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. They they are these oven mitts. Like, maybe. Yeah. I mean, the ball's hot. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, anyway. He's he's the he's got the gloves equivalent of Welbeck's boots. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Very well said. Um, all right, next weekend, Manchester United against Everton, um, Chelsea, Southampton, uh, Arsenal, Brighton, as I said, and then <coughs> we've got the big one, um, Liverpool against City on Sunday. Ooh, West Ham, Brentford as well. That wait, wait, good. Liverpool, City. Yep, on Sunday. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, eleven thirty Eastern time. Right, I remember because I had a I had a group meeting that I set up for nine a.m. specifically, so I can be done by then. Well done. Whoever came up with the fixture list is like very, very Super Sunday is a Super Sunday merchant or whatever mm. it's called. <laughs> like cause every every weekend has had one of these. Like, oh my god, it's a clash of the titanium, <laughs> you know, the titans or whatever. I'm like, why can we get a break? Like, chill, bro. <laughs> Seriously. Trying to decide if I want to wake up late or wake up early, have the option, you know, like, come on. Jesus. No, you're up. You're up for sure. There's actually some good games that that day. Palace against Leicester, Villa Spurs, West Ham, Brentford, Liverpool City. That's that's a whole morning if you want it. It's there for you. Looks like it's out. All right. Anything else? I think I think that's a wrap. Wicked. All right. We'll catch you next week. Bye.